Hey, back home to Fenway this week for the Red Sox. Uh, kind of a tough start to the early part of the week, but uh, closed it pretty strong. We'll talk about the past week and look ahead to the next one on After Buzz TV's Red Sox Wrap 360. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. This is our fucking scene. Yeah! Woo! Woo! That's right. Nobody. Nobody's dictating our freedom. Not terrorists. Here on the set of Red Sox Rap 360, I'll tell you that. If we want to wear a Celtics hat, we're going to do that. That's okay, right. Okay, we got uh, lifetime Red Sox fans in here. Ben Fay, Kevin Finn, and Mike Conley. We're here to talk about uh, the first week of the season, or as far as home week goes, and uh, look ahead to the third week. And, uh, you know, it's been pretty up and down for the Sox this week. It started off on the wrong foot with them doing their home opener. It was started off great because, you know, David Ortiz's daughter came out and sang the, uh, you know, Star Spangled Banner. It was great. He Very was emotional. Floored. It was awesome. Uh, Although the, the big uh, big three out there throwing the, big, the first pitch out. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You know, but it's like, it, you know, it's like, you got Bobby Orr, obviously a fixture, and then you got Bill Russell. He needs help getting out there. And then Ty Law, you know, I mean, little odd, little he's odd. a little too spry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I know yeah. that they won the championships yeah. rather late, but it's a little odd. let's give me a Steve Grogan out there. Oh, or somebody that has, has a tough time. Come out with the neck roll. You know, somebody's got a little gray on their temples. You know, yeah. give me, give me, give me yeah. a Gino Capaletti or somebody, you yeah. know. But, uh, you know, it was good to see Ty Law, but, you know, he looks a little too fit. <laughs> to be out there, to be out there uh, at a yeah. legends kind of show. I would have taken Brewski. Ah, uh, sure. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, you know. I mean, he's a little young, but brew. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was all set up. Quite the festivities, you know, going on opening day. It's such a great time, and then David Price gets shelled. And uh, then Greg Kimbrell gives it up, and it couldn't have gone any worse after the opening festivities. Really, it was rough. I mean, as soon as. You know, as soon as the Red Sox felt like they got something going, you know, there were the uh, there were the Orioles to just you know smack one over the fence or get one uh, get a couple runs when they needed it, and uh, yeah, it was it was really rough to watch. Mm. It it was uh, quite a bomb that Chris Davis hit off uh, Kimbrel. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was like he was like, and like I think we talked about my apprehension of having the closer come over from the National League, so. It really got started off this week on a bad. You really had me in full panic mode uh. after that. You really did. You really did. But like, quite honestly, he's come. He's done nothing but great work oh, since yeah. then. Oh yeah. So and I mean, everyone's talking about his stuff, which is just nasty. Thank God we do a weekly show. Yeah, that's no, good. Yeah. That's good. So, but you did have me on the cliff there. I was Oof. having a lot of uh, second thoughts. It was a tough one. We got Mookie back hitting that day, though. We had three hits that day in a homer, but it wasn't enough, you know, because that absolute moonshot that Chris Davis hit off uh, Kimbrell, I was just like, please let this not be a, a sign of things to come. Yeah, but the Orioles are a group. They've been playing together for a while. They're, they're ready to step onto the major stage, and they're a really good team. Mm -hmm. Red Sox still and a great feel, manager. And, mm -hmm. you know, a great manager. We talked about that before. Yeah, they started off hot. I mean, I feel like the Orioles always get off to a hot start. Um, they got some some big bats there, so that, that definitely uh, made a little bit of a roller coaster ride for us. But uh, you know, I don't I don't see that. You know, seven runs every game is not going to get us a win most of the time. Exactly. Right? 
that that's really kind of kind of what we were talking about Orioles being a, a team that had a stacked lineup and you know maybe their pitching is going to be tough to find but their starting pitches have been like best in the AL through the first like two and a half weeks so mm-hmm. it's a little bit scary you would like hopefully for that to falter and uh, I'm sure it will right. thanks Baltimore you'll get there <laughs> but uh, the the, the uh, let's just kind of skip over game two of that where James uh, I mean JJ Hardy snuck those two around the pesky pole yeah that who was sneaks brutal. two around the pesky pole in the same game the shortest home run of the season that's insane. Yeah. Yeah, and his second shortest. Yeah, right. right. And know? they and they were saying they they were watching this guy in batting practice, and he didn't hit one ball to the right side of the field. No, and no. there he goes and curls two around yeah. for oh, homers like ridiculous. Yeah. How did how did the Sox do today? They dropped it. What five two? Five three. Five three. Another game's uh, effort for Stephen Wright, though. Is this going to be his like kind of his deal where he gives up two in the first inning and then kind of settles down and pitches pretty well? I mean, I think we should we need to get right into it, right? Is is you know Stephen Wright? Is he going to be a starting pitcher for us for the rest of the season, or is he going to move back into that relief role where we kind of thought he might be for the rest of the season? Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do when Eduardo comes back because I, I think that everybody's plan is probably to have Eduardo be the fifth guy in that rotation, and uh, you know that means that there's three other guys that you know are probably going to get pushed to the bullpen. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we all saw what Eduardo can do last year and kind of his potential. He could replace anywhere anybody from two to five in that rotation yep. if need be. So it really, when he's ready to go at the end of May and whenever that takes, he's doing another simulated game, I think, on uh, Monday as well as uh, Carson Smith is too, that then we'll just kind of place him in. Which we'll, we'll I mean, Joe, Joe Kelly's on watch as well, right? Joe I mean, Kelly's on watch. He had his first thought was obviously garbage, and then but like he walked the tightrope a little bit. You know what? Yeah, yeah, he did. I, you know, I thought he pulled through. They were, you know, I was watching some of his stuff. Typically, he's just throwing a lot of fastballs. He mixed in some really nice changeups and curveballs this time. Like, okay, we're finally starting to see some other pitcher uh, pitches besides the fastball. Uh, that was really nice to see, and you know he had a pretty decent game. He he did walk the tightrope a couple times, but ultimately he had a pretty good game. Yeah, well he uh, let me just like throw down his thing. Five innings pitch, it took him 116 pitches to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Five walks, seven hits. He had at least one base runner in every inning, but he did have six Ks. So I mean he, he it was obviously better than his first start, and I think that's kind of how it's going to be with Kelly. Yeah, you know well, it's, it's just yeah. he's going to be a, a high wire act. He got bailed out by some good fielding as well. And Pedroia made a ridiculous play at one point. That uh, that relay play. Yeah. You mean? Was yeah. it? Was that that game? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That was a sick play. Um, yeah, to get Hottie at thirty, like made that play where he went off the cutoff was astray, and then he threw it back. Oh yeah, that was right amazing. to the base. That was you know, amazing. That was amazing because it needed every portion of that. Yeah. It needed every stretch of his stretch on to make the cutoff, mm-hmm. and then every delivered it right on, right on, right on the mic. And Shaw had to meet it at the bag, yep. and it, it was perfect. That was awesome. Anything less than that, was, and that's why you can't look just in the newspaper when it comes to Petey. Mm-hmm. You know, he just. You don't know how the guy's contributing. He just Absolutely. contributes in every single way. So yeah, a lot of people were saying last year that he, uh, you know, he was injured and and he wasn't ranging as well. Uh, this year, I have not seen any issues with his range. He's going left and right very well. Uh, really looking forward to how Petey's going to do this season. Oh, I gotta love that. It's, I just love that guy. And, and the defense is getting better. I mean, we're getting better. We we we've got back our uh, stud catcher. 
see his return? That really pickoff move. Oof. Did he two Lewinsky oh, off first yeah. base? Oof. It was like, thank you. Yeah. Yes, you're back. Yep. That was like Christian is back. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jackie Robinson Day. Okay, I'm just gonna come and really oh. just make make this Jackie Robinson slash Christian Vasquez Day. How's that sound? Oh, and it was so violent. Like he, you see, him come up on his feet and like get ready. And I was like, he delivered that pitch, and it was just like. I, I, Amazing release. Mm-hmm. Tula Whiskey just was like, yeah, okay, I'm going back to the dugout there. That was a problem. <laughs> and, he pe- and he pepped two hits off the wall. Yeah. Like, yep. yeah. Sick. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. and it's like, I don't want to say it like caught me blindsided, but I didn't think it was going to happen this quickly. You know, that's mm-hmm. why I was Tommy get John to for a catcher. I mean, what's, right. you yeah. know, it's kind I of I thought it was going to be like, okay, then. let's see how he does for the first month, maybe the first two months in Pawtucket. Yeah. You know, catching maybe five innings, six innings here. But no, he is back. I mean, that the, the, I can't say enough about that pickoff play. I mean, no, I know he got two hits, but I mean, the threat of that happening to you, yeah. it's, it's going to shorten everybody's lead by a half step, yeah. which is very powerful. And, and the way he frames the pitches is so flawless, too. You yep. know? And, like, what, what, uh, what, it wasn't um, Nesson telecast. I think it was, like, maybe the Fox telecast on Saturday. They were just, like, hopping on that the whole time. Right. Of like, how strong your hands have to be to kind of, like, make that dip with the pocket of your mitt. Right. And still catch it and exactly it's, where it's it does It's also an end. artwork because if the, the umpire sees you doing a really bad job of it, he's going to almost be a little bit, you know, defensive about it and, and maybe it goes against you. Right. You know what I mean? If you're doing this... Right, you know, kind maybe, of thing. Maybe some strikes get called balls. You know, and yeah, rather than is, the reverse. Yeah, exactly. Oof. Uh, Poppy's homer in that that first uh, Baltimore game. Uh, was it the second Baltimore game? Yeah, I think it was the second Baltimore Moonshot. game. He had. Uh, I think this is the first inning. Uh, so that gives him three homers in the first seven games. First forty-year-old to do that since Hank Aaron. Right. Wow. It's a pretty good company. Pretty good. Company. Is there any way that we can convince him to uh, not retire? Because like he, I mean, he's still the best player on our team. Well, I mean, besides I mean, Travis Shaw, who else? <laughs> he, he, I mean, he is. I think as Small we, we size, talked to a little bit last week, he is a, still a little bit the the straw that stirs the drink to a certain extent because he's in the middle of that lineup. And when he's every every when he's hitting, everybody else kind of relaxes a little bit. Because right now it's like Bogots, even though we just like put together an eight game hitting streak, he still hasn't really hit his stride yet. Mm-hmm. Betts was in that funk, but then the early part of this week he started hitting a little bit. But I, I, I mean, I'm in complete agreement because it's almost like the mental part of what he brings. I'll take 220 with 15 home runs if we can get like uh, one year. You know what I mean? Right. Just like till to take him till like. All the way out. You know what I mean? Like where it's uncomfortable. I know it's not going to get there, but two twenty and fifteen—that'd make it uncomfortable. Uh, well, no question. You know what I mean? I but, mean, he's 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 teaching these a lot, a lot of, of pitching inside information to a lot of these kids. He's a big locker room presence. I know he can be kind of temperamental sometimes, but I think he's that perfect elder statesman right now for the Red Sox. He's just kind of, yeah. you know, obviously you have PD leading kind of the probably the. The, the locker room the most, but, you know, he has his presence, and it's yeah. just invaluable what he brings outside of. Especially with the Latin players, you know. You know yeah. what I mean? He's the connection, yep. yeah. and, and he's between the manager. He's got, I, yeah. you know, he's like gone. What, and what it's kinship good. do I have with this this uh, short white second baseman? Nothing. <laughs> oh, wait, Big Poppy's there? Right, yeah. I'll go there. Yeah. You know, I'll go there and hit. Yeah. It was just Hanley decided he wanted to do this year. He's kind of sliding back a little bit. I wish he had more than one homer right now, but. 
He's still he's still playing a pretty good first base. He's playing great first base, actually. Um, okay. I haven't seen a lot of uh, bad plays come out of them uh, from first base, and I've seen him make a lot of good plays. I mean, at first. unbelievable he's stretch to, to the second the uh, double play the yep. other night. A huge. He's stretch. picking balls yeah. out of the dirt. He's yeah. going. He's making catches in foul territory. He's all over the place. Yeah. He. You know what? I think his deal. He's just an infielder. He's just one of those guys. He's probably hasn't played in outfield since he was like. You know, whenever. Yeah. And he's back in his zone again. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's just different when you're in the out. You're not an infielder and you're put in the outfield and you're uncomfortable. Like, uh, I'm hoping it it sticks because it seems like he's comfortable again. I think it's more like he's just more involved in what's going on. You know what I mean? In the he infield, seems, yeah. whereas like outfield, you're kind of waiting for your turn. Whereas like the infield, you're just always ready, and it feels like he's always ready to make a play. Exactly. Right yep. And I always felt that way in little league. I was a lot more engaged. <laughs> yep. When I was in the infield. Yep. Out there, you can be like, oh man, I wish like you know iPhones were invented at this point. I could be playing a game. Oh well, yeah. Also, we'd be able to you know. Look back at some video of some of your uh, yeah. I'm thankful exploits. iPhones. I'm, yeah. I'm thankful iPhones weren't invented. Oh, I believe we were on the same CYO uh, St. Teresa's team. Yeah, I believe that team won the championship. I believe you're uh, correct. You know, it was pretty good. I, uh... There were three teams in the league, but we won that championship. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was a heck of a squad. If it's a squad I'm thinking about, it was a heck of a squad. We got like Kevin Larry to play on that squad. He it put was a couple like, on the center street. I mean, he also let Greg Morrow strike him out at Healy Field. Oh, oh, interesting, interesting. <laughs> That's a first. It's okay. It is a first. It is a first. Gonna have to go with just the booze glass. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, one thing I will tell you where Hanley was a little slacking on his D uh, this uh, week, and it might have cost old uh, Blake Swihart his job. It was, do you remember that foul in the Baltimore game? <laughs> yeah. And he like yeah. didn't get it? That should have been Hanley's ball. He should have called off the catcher in that one. He's really the quarterback in that situation. And it's like the, the, uh, the, the, <laughs> it's not, <laughs> I, I, I would have been react team, you know, if it was going near microphones, you know, this is good. He's right on it. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, the, then two pitches later, Trumbo hits a game tying homer. Yeah. You and, know? The, and they so kind of like, like everyone was kind of PC to kind of just, Quietly blame that loss on Swihart there. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, you know, hey, listen, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. <laughs> <laughs> reacting, reacting. He's on it. He's on it. Um, but you know, in the end, I think the overall grade right now on Hanram is it's pretty high considering where he was last year. Because it was, I was not expecting this. I'll be honest with right. you. I was not expecting him to come out and be able to adapt. Um, to first base. I mean, it's still, you know, I mean, he didn't even come in with his own effing glove. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, this is quite a turnaround. It is. It is. And, like, Farrell talks all the time about how, you know, incredible his attitude is this year and different right. from last year. And I think I do think you guys are right. It speaks a lot to just his familiarity and comfort level for being back in the infield, you know? So, speaking of um, uncomfortable situations, oh boy. are we going to go there? Which one? Panda. Ooh, I yeah, mean, it, it is, can't be a Red Sox Rap 360 show without us talking about the Panda. I didn't think it was going to get any worse after last week's show. Uh, I thought that maybe they'll put him on the DL, kind of work him back into shape and, you know, see what he can do. It's gotten worse. Uh, now we've gotten word that his camp from the San Francisco Giants has had to hold him to uh, not be eating at all points during the day. Apparently he has an eating problem. They've told 
the hotel staff that he's not allowed to order uh, t- takeout or room service. Mm. You know, it's it's not good. It's they, not had a, good. they had a, his ex-trainer who was, uh, you know, with him right before he signed his big contract. Well, he kind of came out this week and with the big babysitter. I don't know if you right. guys saw the babysitter I saw the uh, headline. Yeah. And he basically said, listen, I love the guy. And when he's working and working hard, he's great. But when he's not being babysat, he's got a real problem. And when he, whenever he went back home... I think he said he gained uh, like 20 pounds in 14 days or something yeah. like that. It was like a pound and a half a day or something like that. Yeah. One of the times he went home and uh, he said, and there was another time where he went back home with them and he stayed on them and he stayed, you know, in shape the whole time. So the whole spin, this is the problem I'm having. It's part with of that it. like Venezuelan culture where they connect through food. And yeah. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. I can see it, that. It, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Obviously you can, you know, shine a little light on that for us, but... I do like food. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, I mean, the overall message for me was that, you know, he's in he's not in a good way right now. Either way, he's not at his best Pablo and something's going on. And um, he's you know, this is a problem you know, the 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 whole Dombrowski situation after the MRI and he's got a lot going on right there. You know, Mm. he says he's got a lot going on. Yeah, I, I couldn't help but feel like. Well, you. This was also the same kind of message you were sending when you said he had like three percent body fat. You know, there's a lot going on. Like he's got a muscle in there, and he's got a. Dombrowski saying this. Yeah, well, they. Yeah. You know, they they have to do. You know, typical when typically when a player goes on the, uh, the disabled list, they you know they already they've already gone through an MRI. He right. went on the disabled list before they right had done the had had done an MRI. Right. Then they do the MRI and. It's not, you know, he's got a toy in this or he's got a toy in that. It's he's got a lot going on in there, hmm. you know, like blood rushing through his shoulder, and <laughs> well, shoulder muscle. I mean, it's like you talked about last week. There's, you know, there's really not going to be a lot of value in any type of trade we do. I, I had heard a couple of weeks back that they were talking to, you know, they were talking about maybe making some kind of deal with the Padres where they could get uh, James Jim Shield Shields. and maybe, you know, toss a couple prospects in there to help, uh, you know, get Shields off their hands. But at this point, I don't see that happening. I don't see anybody who really want, would want to take on something like this. I'm just, Th- that'll I, happen I, what as is... long as you're willing to eat 70% of Pablo's contract. But why and, and take all what's, of Shields? What's the reading in between the lines answer to why he did go on the 14-day DL right now? What, I, I mean, obviously, there's no use for him. I mean, he can't no. pinch hit. Well, He's not is. a defensive replacement. But, yeah, I mean, this is just, uh, what, what was it? Like, go away for 14 days and go see a dietitian, come back 10 pounds lighter, and maybe we give you a 10-game stint we can trade you? Is that Well, kinda... and also, it's kind of like it's a little bit of saving play, face for the player, too. To be like, okay, this guy's not producing because he's got a shoulder injury. Yeah, you know. And they, at first, when they said he's going on the DL, I was like, what's he? What's he going on the DL for? Um, uh, beer belly or uh, you know, right. pupusa belly? No, it was uh, shoulder. And I'm like, at first, I was like, oh, this is just a fictitious thing, just to get the guy out of the clubhouse mm-hmm. and get this problem away. But now he's going to a second opinion tomorrow to Doctor Andrews. So I mean, he, in his one maybe... start, he made they 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 have a play where they showed it. He made a diving attempt. And he got up, and he was walking around. He was, you know, finessing his shoulder. That's all you need. 15, so. 15 days stint. 
Boom. Well, I mean, you know, it's, yeah. You got to use that 15-day stint, like, for smart stuff. I mean, even if, like, you know, all these pitches we got on innings limits, it's like, throw them on a 15-day stint now and again. Even if they have, I have this tweak in my elbow, but I think I can pitch through it. 15-day stint. Well, yeah. Well, the big the big thing that came up was, you know, he there came the chance where he could have used him in a situation where he needed that bat. Instead, he decided to go with Chris Young, who's, right. who was terrible in that situation. And look, if you're not going to use him in a situation where it makes perfect sense, you're not going to use him. So, yeah, you're right. If, if a little injury comes up, what better way to throw him on the DL and, you know, be able to make some, some additional roster moves during that 15 days? Speaking of roster moves, so, I mean, obviously the Pablo one was a big one early in the week, and then kind of the whole catch a swap maybe kind of caught people a little off guard. I know what did I, I did as I talked a little bit early because, I mean, like, you know, second half of the season, Swihat raked last year. You know, when you said 278 as a catcher this year, there's a lot of teams in the league that would want that. But it really just speaks again to that Dombrowski old school. He's like, I'm going defense first up the middle, bar none. You know? I also and think I that, love that you want you a, a good catcher that you're trying to groom. If you, I mean, they have two solid catchers. He's got to be playing every day. That's it's it's you know you want that guy in there getting his abs, getting his experience with a, a pitching staff every single day. Yeah. And you know we're not going to be able to use him like that right now because we have an absolute beast behind the plate. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, oh you're talking about Swihart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I, yeah. I thought, yeah, I was Definitely. referencing Swihart. You know, I, you know, I know it was kind of a little bit odd, and it's like great to have him as a second catcher, yeah. but in the end, the long term, I would rather have him catching every day right now. Yeah, I mean, catches are a little hokey. I mean, you also want to take care of their needs. You want to yeah, take every, care of them, but every day means four out of every five, I think. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But you want him playing. Right. You don't want him getting cold on the bench and being the fifth, you know, catching for right and catching right. knuckleballs and being mm-hmm. that, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Rich Gedman, uh, it wasn't Rich Gedman. Doug Mirabelli? Doug Mirabelli, yeah. The, um, it's funny because the, the, the guy who probably hates the move besides Swihart is probably uh, Andover High's Ryan Hannigan. Because now he goes into that role of having to catch Stephen Wright. Right. You know, before it was just like, okay, that's why hot steel. Yeah. I'll catch my two straight shooters. Like uh, now you get uh, to look like a fool every. Oh man, <laughs> it's like that. That Swihart game where he had like two pass balls in the first inning. I was like it's brutal. I was listening for the uh, sirens for like Doug Mirabelli getting the uh, the, the, the <laughs> stadium escort to the stadium. You know, but I mean that used to happen with Mirabelli even like even when Wakefield had it going and it was like windy out. I mean that's how you knew it's like yeah. Mirabelli couldn't handle him. You know what I mean? Huh? And he was our closer for a spell. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. <laughs> so, like, kind of like the whole Jekyll and Hyde of that, that Baltimore series where, you know, Price and Kimbrell don't look as good as advertised in that game one. Game three, Kimbrell did look as good as advertised. That was the Kelly game where it was, like, all over the place but was able to do five. And uh, pretty good Kimbrell whoo, Struck out the side in the ninth. And it, just to see this guy throw BBs on the black to these, like, big power hitters, oh, I was tickled. I mean, in general, the pitching staff has got a lot of strikeouts, which is great. Because, I mean, we're built defensively, and apparently our, our pitching staff right now is leaning towards a stri- high strikeout. I mean, you got – I mean, Kelly had six, I think, in his struggles. Um, David Price is striking out a ton of guys every time out. I mean, even right. if his losses, he's striking a lot of guys out. 
I mean, even Porcello. Porcello's had a lot of strikeouts, and that's like maybe may, is that the <clears throat> is that the Christian Vasquez kind of influence a little bit, you know, just being mm-hmm. able to kind of handle, you know, not only framing pitches well, but also calling a better game. Well, it's, and, it's one of the reasons why I love having a pit, former pitcher, pitching coach as your manager. Right. Those things, you know, there's no way if you don't have your system in place, or there is a way, but if you do, if you're a good coach and you have your system in place, these are things that should happen. We should have these strong pitching staffs. We should have great catchers. Yeah. The 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 in that uh, that finale to the Baltimore game, by the way, that was the first o, O's loss of the season. The Sox mm-hmm. handled that mm-hmm. was great. Seven O going to that game, so uh, taste it seven and one. And uh, the bullpen was really good. Four innings pitch, no runs, two hits. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that that's definitely a great great thing to see. You know what? Coming out of the bullpen, also we got Koji, and uh, he's been quietly uh, been our best bullpen pitcher. He has. Uh, in seven games, seven innings pitched, two hits, one walk, six strikeouts, no runs. This, this I mean, the guy's a <laughs> stud. Is, and, and, what a luxury to have a guy to come in yeah. in the eighth inning and just know that he is going to, you know, get one, two, three innings. Yeah. And, like, if, if it comes down to it and Kimbrell's worked two days in a row. He's a closer. Yeah, oh. just bring him in there. Yeah. And he's just, like, so steady Eddie. And it's, like, just, I mean, he's he's so consistent. and you And he really doesn't pitch badly until he's worn down. So you just have to monitor that situation and the guy's going to be effective. I mean, I just, oh, he's just mm-hmm. so incredible. You know, he's got that 89-mile-an-hour fastball that looks like it's 95 because he's got that light last mm-hmm. jump. Or I don't know if it's like deception and his delivery or whatever, but it seems like a lot of those Japanese guys have that late jump on their fastball. Yep. Kenta Maeda from the Dodgers, he's kind of got that same thing too. But... Uh, yeah, man. So Kimbrel, just watching him this week has just been so fun. You know, it just kind of takes you back. Because, I mean, uh, although Koji has been great and he gets guys out and stuff, he's not the 97-mile-an-hour yeah. flamethrower right. yeah, coming out It's a there. strikeout machine. Oh, strikeout machine, indeed. So yeah. you've turned the page a little bit on... I mean, I was always later. psyched about him, you know, okay. but right. uh-huh. I was, I, you know, I'm uh-huh. a little apprehensive. And, you know... Are we being overly optimistic about this team? Because we think they're playing great right now, and they're one game over five hundred. So well, they are, are we also getting went a up against one ourselves? of the better yeah. teams in the American League. I mean, they, well, two of the better teams. Yeah, I think Toronto. Yeah. I think Toronto's was one of my favorites to win the AL East, and then yeah. the Orioles. We obviously underestimated a little bit. Yeah. So a lot of, all, I'll take our chances. Had the Baltimore finishing last, and right now they're in first. I know? mean, Toronto is a problem. I don't want to play them. I'm good. We're yeah. gonna take a couple weeks off from Toronto. Right Especially now. where you. I was thinking like one of their weak. Uh, you know points of their team was going to be their starting staff after Strowman. But Sanchez looked no. great today. He's been Four great hits. versus Sox. The Sox had their fewest outputs of hits all season. Absolutely. Four hits tonight, they were shut down. They did. Mm-hmm. He was great. And he was great when he pitched against them last week, too. And uh, what's-his-name looks good for them, too. Um, uh, Stata, not Strowman. Mm, Aaron Sanchez. Who else they got? Anyway, yeah. they left me. He's good. Yeah, he's really good. One of the best. He probably beat the Sox this week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there there was a there was a little bit of a bright side to the offense today for the Red Sox. Um, we did have Marco Hernandez. Did I get that first name right? Um, I know it's Hernandez. Just Marco, got pulled up from AAA and made a great start for us today. Got uh, his first you know, couple at bats. Got a hit. Got a walk. That was our hey, first hit off. Stolen base. Today. And Petey got a day off today. Petey got a day mm-hmm. off. Yep. I was a little, um, I don't want 
want to say disappointed because it's too early in the season, but uh, mm, flummoxed with the fact that Chris Young was in left field today versus righty. And, like, let's this guy is a career like 220 hit of versus righties. Let's just agree that this guy is a lefty. And when the stats a lefty, he gets a stop. Right. And when when he's not when there's a righty on the bump, he's a sick lefty switch hitter on the bench. I don't know why he's in there today, Stan. It's like Fell seems let, to be let, playing let with Holt him in there. I mean, they got a lefty going tomorrow on J.A. Hep. It's like put him in then. You know, mm. Brock the Brock Star's young enough; he can go six days in a row if need be. Could be one of those that. things, you know. You know, we don't know what's going on in the uh, locker room right now. It's all kinds of things, subplots. Yeah. You know what I mean? Subplots. Yeah. I think Chris Young's. Giving out a couple of handies to the coaching staff. He's getting some playing time. That's not quite the subplot uh, I was thinking of. I mean, maybe you got some guy. Boom. <laughs> someone with a you know, slightly tweaked hamstring. Steve's I don't listening. know. Maybe someone needs a day off. I don't know. You know these things happen. <laughs> oh, man. Seriously, don't start him unless you got a lefty on. But Porcello, it seems to be like his deal is he's going to be pretty locked in. But he's gonna give up two bombs to one guy in your line. Yeah. Well, he gives up that's, some big home runs. That's <laughs> that's good. I think he he might have led the AL last year and yeah. giving up bombs. But uh, yeah, it's a bit it, embarrassing sometimes. Hit, hit some rocket like, shots. It's tough off. to watch. Yeah. But. but he did. He did pitch pretty well the other night. Yeah. And if he is pitching pretty well, and those guys hit those homers and their their solo shots, then by all means, I think that Encarnacion was a solo shot the other night, and maybe a maybe a two run bomb as well. But he still had a pretty good line. Those were the only two hits he gave up in bombs. six in six he six and two, a third. Right? Yeah, Encarnacion. Yeah. Yeah. And then like last week was Batista hit right. two bombs. Yeah. So it's he's like, just like you know what this guy's up. There's nobody on. I'm gonna throw my fastball. Yeah. Right down the middle. <laughs> Challenge him with my 92-mile-an-hour fastball. I'm going to Joe Kelly it and just kind of tee it up right there. Like, I throw 97, but I'm going to have it come dead out. Yeah. It's like, that stuff, yeah, that's that's good stuff at AAA, but pump the brakes. It's the bigs. So, uh, you know, Kimberl, another save in that post-solo game. And, uh, you know, it's just I, I don't want to overwork the guy. And now that Carson Smith's coming back, I don't think we will. Where are we at on the Carson Smith he is supposed to do some type of simulated game tomorrow as well. Tomorrow, okay. So I'm thinking we could see him back in, like, start of next week. How do they handle the He's going to go down to Pawtucket, right? I wonder that. I mean, I guess. I mean, it seems innings, like a like... couple innings here and there, but, like, I don't know. The talk I've seen almost sounds like he's going to go right from Sims back to the majors. But... Uh-huh. I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, I don't exactly know what goes into a simulated game, but it seems to me live action in a AAA would be better than a simulated game, you know? Yeah. So I hope to see him in a, in a few of those. But Maybe because he's a reliever, I mean, maybe it's like, all right, he's good to go, you know, and they give him two nights down on Pawtucket and they just bring him up. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just, hope so. I hope so. So it, I'm glad we were able to not get swept by Baltimore. We were able to savage one win out of that series. And now we're in the midst of the uh, Toronto series. We've taken two out of the first three. Game four coming up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The ever-anticipated Patriots Day game. One of the best sports days in the, the, the nation. I love it. Great day. The only AM stop time in Major League Baseball all season. Really? Yeah. And you can't seem to hock at 11 a.m., 11.05 first pitch, I believe. All you people that are in bed not listening to the show, getting ready for the game tomorrow. And... Uh, you know, it's just like 
you can't help but hock back, obviously, when you think of Patriots Day game to two years ago and the whole tragedy and marathon bombing and all that stuff. And that's why we let off with Poppy's speech today because, you know, it's just was a rousing speech and kind of, you know, was one of the things that, you know, rallied the city, you know. And it's like when you think about that and you think about terrorism, all that stuff, and like what they're, everybody says what they're trying to do and they're trying to disrupt the day-to-day living you know, of Americans or whatever, but to talk about picking the the worst city to try and do that. Like, are you ever going to get Boston people off what they want to do and off their routines? No. Mm-hmm. They're going to be at the cask and flagging tomorrow at 9 a.m. <laughs> oh, yeah. getting a load on. Oh, yeah. You know, and ready for the game. I mean, Sell I used out. to love those Patriots Day games. Oh, yeah. Half you day know? from school. Oh, well, I, I'm just thinking post-school where I was one of those people at the cask. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was like one of those, like, 3 a.m. glows you had all year. Yep. Like, everybody was going out to, like, that. Patriots Day, St. Patty's. St. Patty's Day. Mm-hmm. And, like, I would say, like, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is yeah, the other one, yeah. But it's almost like, yeah, day and the night before. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not, you just ran it into it. Yeah. Just it was like that 12-hour span. Oof. Like, it's pretty cool. After Thanksgiving dinner till like, 11 a.m. the next morning. Well, no, I'm saying, like, before Thanksgiving dinner. You would, like, go Wednesday with, like, all your college friends or whatever. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, then, yeah, I guess it was before. It was so the like, night before. It was yeah. the night before, right? So it's like, hey, Mike, can you help with the mashed potatoes? I'm like, uh, no, I really can't do anything right now besides lie on a couch. Right. And uh, I'll wait until you call me for the meal. Right. And that was just on Thanksgiving. That wasn't just kind of like year-round yeah. Otherwise, kind of re- response. I'm you were like, you know, making hey, the mashed potatoes. another kale salad yeah. for everybody. You were always a go-getter. That's I remember that about you. <laughs> thanks, thanks for listening. Uh, so coming up this week, we got uh, obviously the finale of uh, the game. What about you? Got any Patriots Day stories you want? I mean, any? Was, you know, I just... I, I think that speech really, really rung it with me because, uh, you know, I had, I had moved to Los Angeles a couple a couple years back. Um, and I remember that was uh, that was one of the first years that I was in L.A. away from Boston. And uh, are we you in know, Los Angeles right now? You got the hat on. I thought we maybe <laughs> well, maybe we moved to Nova Scotia. <laughs> we got some, we got some Celtics in the playoffs as well. Um, but. Yeah, I just remember being glued to the TV, and uh, you know, I just wanted to I wanted to be there, um, you know, supporting my friends and. Uh, being there with my family, and uh, so it's you know it's it's I think it's an emotional day for for everybody that's from Boston, even if you're you know you're not in the city at the time. Um, it's definitely a special day. Definitely, definitely. I was actually thinking more of my fond memories before right. those those and like the you know just the fact of you go in you know AM start time. You know, nice thing. You spill mm-hmm. out. Maybe you catch the end of the marathon. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, you go over to that Irish bar there on Boylston. If you go through the parking lot, I forget what it's called. Short name. Yeah. I used to uh, live on, uh, I used to live at the top of Heartbreak Hill. So uh, we used oh, to go perfect. out. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, we used to go out. And, you know, you always, if you live in Boston, you you know, you know, five or ten people that are going to be running the marathon for charities right. and whatnot. So you're always there. And, you know, Heartbreak Hill is where you really want to cheer your friends on because that's where, that's the roughest part. That's uh, where they need it. Yeah, exactly. That's where they need it. I think they call it the uh, the meat churner or something like that because it's uh, that's Oof. where they really get you. The cons. The first time you did Heartbreak Hill, I mean, yeah. what what, did, what was kind of going? I had through a your lot mind? of friends there. Yeah, okay. you know, uh, maybe too many because uh-huh. they actually brought me a sub and I stopped right. there and just had that. I was gonna right. Rosie Ruiz the rest of the race, but yeah, <laughs> uh, it didn't come down. Didn't come down. But no, then I used to go as a spectator and cheer people on, and then go over to. You call that cheering. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I give out waters, right? You know, and say, "Hey, you're doing great." 
Go get it. Yeah. You're doing perfect. I would especially <laughs> signal out those people that weren't doing good at all. Because yeah, you know, I felt the kinship. Kind of, I have more, remote, you know, yeah. recollection of the kind of the few that weren't kind of jogging that, quite the yeah. way that you wanted them to. Well, or, you know, I get behind those people. I like yeah. to think, you know, I right. mean, I'm not a marathoner, so I'm in awe of what they're doing out there. Mm-hmm. I would do a different type of marathon that day, starting at the cask and then moving eventually to. Uh, Curtains in Mission Hill. I don't know if you've ever gone to that thing, that scenario. It's like I a reunion time. Right. For anybody from like West Roxbury, Rosendale, High Pockets, like people you haven't seen in 10 years. Yeah. They like show up there. It's like in Mission crinkled. Hill. Yeah. And there's some Mission yeah. Hill folks who will pepper in, but yeah. you know, mostly the Tri City area. So uh, if you're going to be in in Boston for Patriots Day and you've never been there, take the public transportation for one, they shut down the sure. entire city. Yeah. Two, you're going to be bombed by the end of the day. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And you probably won't on listening to this until after, you know, maybe if they allow you uh, <laughs> your iPod in uh, in the jail cell yeah. tomorrow afternoon. Hopefully you'll tune in for that. So um, Toronto, I mean, this is what, four out of six we've taken from them so far in the early going, and they were supposed to be kind of the favorite in the division. That's good to see. I mean, mm-hmm. this is the Sox off the right. Orioles still kind of have their number. So hopefully they can get it done tomorrow with uh, Buckles on the bump tomorrow, right? Yep. And uh, take three out of four from Toronto. That would be nice. He yeah. always does really well under pressure, or he doesn't Oof. ever do well under pressure. But well, either way. Either way. I think maybe it'll be a fun time tomorrow. You know, it's almost like it's kind of almost like a second home opener, you know. The fact That's that what I'm saying. You know what time, I mean? It's I like the pressure's going to be a little too hot well, for no, You know, uh, it's just, no, I don't. He I'm got not, better. I'm not First on the cl- second exactly. exactly. I, I don't better. want to. Club the baby seal of yeah. Clay Buckholz right now, like everyone is. But and I have high hopes for him. I really think he can be a good number two starter. But he does kind of not really give me the inspire best confidence. inspire confidence in these non-playoff playoff-esque type situations. Which tomorrow is we'll have a playoff atmosphere. I mean, it's you know, granted it's early in the season and whatever, but mm-hmm. there's going to be extra pressure on the starting pitcher for the Boston Red Sox tomorrow. Period. End of story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I think he's gonna be good tomorrow. I hope I mean, so. I, I, mean, I want I'm I'm rooting for him. I'm not. You know, it feels like a little bit for me at least after his first start. The Boston media. I mean, they just jumped all over him. Everyone yeah. was so like frustrated. Yeah. By him, and I get it. But you know, he's still a very capable major league baseball player, and he's got a lot of good baseball left in him. Uh, let's not Bronson Arroyo him just yet. Well, you know, if the Boston media wasn't the Boston media, this show would never have been born. Because we're like the Boston media, but on the West Coast. We're a little bit separated. We can right. be more optimistic. Right. <laughs> exactly. I like to think that's what we are. My so go Matt, get him tomorrow, Clay. My cousin Matt Clow was actually giving me a little heat. A little Matty boy. On uh, YouTube saying uh, we weren't bringing, because it's labeled as hot takes. And he's like, really, these are hot takes. Is this hot? So, I mean, I guess we're going to have to come up with a little more controversial stuff to really come oh, with some hot heat. Oh, meaning this. Like, yeah, because I was gotcha. like, right, you know, come come check out the link and see some hot takes. I figure it's a long season. I mean, you and I are going to end up arguing eventually, you know. About yeah, something. I mean, you know, that's not necessarily what they're looking for. Oh. But, you know, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I guess some people are. You know, the, the clowning of uh, Jason Chirello and Hank... Uh, Hankerson this season seemed to be a fan favorite. <laughs> well, you got to tell those people, tell your cousin, tell Jamie Duet, whoever, they got to hit you up on Twitter and let us know where we want to go with this show. Where can yeah. people find you guys on Twitter, by the way? I'm at Kevin F. Finn. 
I think. Oh, we're getting played out already. I usually like to tease up the twit is kind of in the middle. But And you can one. find me at, at Benny Frickin' Jam. At Benny Frickin' Where Jam. Where can we find you, cons? I'm still I'm still not on I'm still right. not on the Facebook. Yeah. I mean Do you think that's helping our exposure? Because Benny and I are just trying to, you know, do our thing here and do what we can. <laughs> oh, people wondering like if the are... actual host of the show wants to maybe get on Twitter or Facebook. I'm, something. I'm, I'm working up to it. I figure but, once yeah. Jerry Remy yeah. does it, I'm gonna do it. He's Jerry Remy. Jerry that. Remy has a uh, Twitter account. Granted, it's run by someone else. Yeah. But you know. You oh, if I can get status. somebody else to run a Twitter account, then I get one. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Is that? Oh, no, I'm told. Yeah, we have no budget. Yeah, for that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nope, nothing there. So uh, that would have to be, you know, it's just, I don't think having a forum where you can, like, speak to the masses on a knee-jerk reaction with something you say is the best thing for, for you. Me. Yeah. You know, how do you, how, I mean, you've known me for a spell. I think you do absolutely fine on Twitter. Really? I think you'd really find it uh, really re- rewarding and resourceful. It's a lot of good uh, sports writers and opinions and uh, information that comes out of Twitter. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. And uh, uh, other than that. Well, you know, looking at the week ahead, obviously we have the f- fourth game of this series, and then is it uh, we have three with Tampa? Yeah, we do. At okay. home. At home. And is that that is that um do we have an off day Tuesday or is it uh, no we go right into it right in Tuesday Tuesday through Thursday series and then uh, then we and go then on the we're road at Houston at Houston that's right, right. so next week will be we're, folks we're going to be kind of settling into this uh, eleven p.m. Eastern time for a while I know we've kind of been over over all over the place here uh, the past couple weeks but we're going to be settling for this uh, eleven Eastern time for a while however next week. Where the Sox have the late game will probably be on about midnight Eastern. So, uh, you know, factor that in if you actually listen to this show live. Uh, yeah. We appreciate it. A lot of people having to reschedule. Yeah. Things, well, things I guess Sundays you know are pretty I mean? open, especially in the nighttime, I think, back there. So it would be nice if they could take three out of four tomorrow with the buck on the hill. And then, uh, you know, like we say, keep winning series. Two out of three in the next two series would be nice. How is uh, Houston? Houston? out of the gates a little slow this year it seems you know they were kind of picked to be one of the best teams in the west and i don't know i think they're about 500 but they got some boppers i mean it just seems like we're going from a team with mashers to another team although tampa is a team that's all pitching and no mashing so that'll be kind of hopefully it'd be a good test i'd like to see if they're going to be able to put up consistently good numbers and hopefully maybe we can get this pitching staff into a little bit of a group yeah mm-hmm. you know get the i mean the bottom line is it seems at least they it seems like 10 years ago or whatever at the beginning of the season pitchers dominated and hitters kind of like now it's i don't know maybe i'm wrong it seems like it's kind of changed yeah. now yeah it seems like, like with the evolution the of like with the weather it, but it's also like now maybe they're like just playing year right like literally in shape work like i think 10 15 years ago you showed up if you were like a major league hitter you showed up to spring training and you got in shape right and now it's like these guys show up to spring training they're ready to hit 30 home runs in spring training right you know and so in the pitching you just can't do that you know you can't go out and act the way you would at mid-season as a hitter and you can do that in the offseason as opposed to pitching. So it feels like, to me, it's shifted a little bit. Yeah. Where, you know, you come out and the pitching's dominating a little bit. Well, that's the way I always thought oh. it was. 
I mean, that I'm the sorry, hit is the, warmed the, up uh, yeah. with the thing, yeah. But right. it seems with Buckholz, he's the reverse, like you're saying, mm-hmm. where he comes out slow. Right. And then right. he seems to right. warm up with the weather. Exactly. Which is, uh, I've reversed the end yeah, of it. Yeah, but right. now it's like, exactly. So, you I flipped know, it I, and reversed it. Flipped it, reversed it. I'm yeah. good at that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure everyone's pretty confused. How are the Sherman Oaks Giants doing these days? Five and five. Whoa. Yeah, we're battling. Boom. You know? Got about we had probably our fifteenth game of the season. We had about five preseason games. Yeah, you get five another win. Five. You'll have the same record as the Sox, six and five. Big lineup, big matchup tomorrow against the Diamondbacks. Oof. First place team. That'll be big. That'll be big. I think it's cool that the the, the uh, little leagues now have like real teams. Yeah, you know, as and opposed to like win. Roach Brothers. You know, we had the I was on the oh, Indians. you were the Indians, but yeah. Yeah. there was also like. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. I guess I'm thinking summer league. Right. We had football names, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you were probably, probably playing Mike Melling. Um, I was only player in the history of Mike Melling to be traded from the yellow to the red. Whoa! Wow! <laughs> Controversial a little, a little caveat. Oh, how about one thing we didn't talk about? We'll brush on it real quick. David Ortiz in his stolen base this week. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. For, he's the oldest uh, guy to have a stolen base since like. Yeah. Like I think Williams the only 40-year-old and... besides Ted Williams and Cy Young right. for the Red Sox and maybe one other guy for the Cy Young. It's pretty so, incredible. I so think I only saw the replay. Uh, I saw that he stood up. It was There was no throw. No throw. Right, yeah. oh, okay. Well, they were in the maybe defensive Maybe it was defensive indifference, yeah, yeah. really. Uh, okay. But they, okay. it was but, kind of a charitable. Uh, yeah. He got a good jump. I mean, they weren't holding him on. It was yeah. just like, yeah. And then they were just like, oh, my God. They were just so flabbergasted by the fact he was breaking that it was just like, no throw. We just want to take it in, take it in ourselves. <laughs> Who wants to hurt him on his farewell tour anyway? Right. You, you got a gift there for him. You don't want to hurt him and give him the gift. It's true. That's true. You have like a fake piece of wood with a baseball on it that you want to give to Poppy. <laughs> oh, man. So I'm excited about the week to come. You know, get Tampa in here. We'll see how that goes. And then uh, first taste of the interleague. We'll see, we'll see what the Houston Astros have to offer. You guys want to, uh, you know, chat about anything before we sign it off? Go Sox. Go Celts. Go Celts. Yeah, go Celts. Go get them. Avery Bradley, heal oh, that God. hamstring, please. Heal up. Hey, guys. For Kevin Finn and Ben Fay, I'm Mike Conley. This has been Red Sox Rap 360. Thanks for joining us. Happy birthday, Rico Bronia. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 